welcome to the Urgent Care Leadership Podcast. I'm Llewellyn Horwitz. As CEO of the Urgent Care Association, and after working in the industry for over 15 years, I've met a lot of urgent care leaders in every role and at every level. These are the people taking the risk of being a little ahead of everyone else. And though we all spend a lot of time talking about the business of urgent care or urgent care medicine, we don't talk a lot about urgent care leadership. So as you've probably guessed, that's what this podcast is all about. I'm really glad you're here, so let's get into it. This episode is another bonus episode, created to be part of the Urgent Care Association's management learning subscription called UCBX. One of the main design tenets behind UCBX is to include content that's seasonally relevant to urgent care and to provide it just before you're going to need it. This segment is a quick follow-up to the bonus episode for UCBX on spring cleaning, part one. After we stopped recording, Debbie and I kept talking. We were reminded of two things, both having to do with the psychology of attention to neatness. The first is the psychology of our visitors. Not only do they have heightened expectations because they're in a medical facility, even in the middle of a pandemic, they do not cut us any slack for letting things slide. If anything, their higher levels of anxiety make them more critical of us. So all of this matters even when there are so many more other complicated things demanding our attention as leaders. The second is the psychology of our staff and our managers, and that one runs a little deeper. First, I want to jump back to a comment Debbie made about whether managers know what their center should look like. If you are a manager and you don't know this, or you are a leader and can't instantly answer this question, you have some work to do. Do you even have standards for your center's appearance, and are they clear and at least semi-formally stated somewhere? If not, it's going to be hard for your manager or the manager's staff to even understand the expectations, much less meet or exceed them. Here's what else can happen without some kind of standards. Let's say one manager does a great job of getting one center cleaned up and really stays on the team to maintain what they think is a ship-shaped center. When another manager that doesn't have that same sensibility, their center looks completely different, and you have staff that work in both places. A couple of things can happen. First, the team that works in the sloppy center does a shift in the clean center and sees that things can be nicer and now don't feel good about the sloppy center and prefer to work in the clean center. So staffing becomes a challenge in the sloppy center and manager two resents manager number one for stealing their staff and center two continues to go downhill in all kinds of new ways. Or the team that works in the clean center feels like their manager is a neat freak and obsessive and constantly making them do extra work, while the team in the sloppy center never has to do these cleanup duties, so it's not fair, and if they're going to do all of this extra work, they should get paid more than the people in center too, because they never do any of this. Neither manager is wrong in this case, but one or both of them are going to suffer, all because you didn't give them enough guidance on what the center should look like, and it's not universal. Even if you start small, having some kind of standard is really helpful to your management team. You also have to back it up with your presence and your praise. If you know a center has been working on this, go by or ask for a video tour from the manager so you can tell everyone how great it looks and how proud you are of them. And then put it on your list to check in every few weeks or so just so they know it wasn't your flavor of the month and that this is really long-term important to leadership. The other great benefit from a project like spring cleaning is that it boosts manager confidence. It's much easier to clean up a clinic than it is to, say, deeply understand the economic engine that drives their center's profitability. So this is one of those easy wins that can give some confidence to a manager to handle the tougher stuff that also needs doing. And it's a very visible win. 
Every single time the manager and team members walk into the center and see how great it looks, they'll feel they'll get a little boost. They'll give themselves a pat on the back for getting it done themselves. And that that gives confidence across the board. So let's keep going with this and assume that you've provided clarity to your managers and they've also provided clarity to their teams. So now the standard is out there. The manager needs to also get prepared to be bombarded from the staff with many, many things that are wrong with the center, which means they probably need guidance on how to maintain communication with their teams on how all these things are getting addressed as the weeks and months that, let's be honest, it's going to take to get all of them taken care of, go along. The reason this communication is so important is because without it, it is really easy for the team to jump to incorrect conclusions about why something isn't getting done. That'll make them feel unheard. They can feel like it was just a trick to get them to clean up and that management never really meant to fix the important stuff because they're so cheap. And the very worst that it can lead to is that they feel like their manager is ineffective in getting things done. This one's the worst because it leads to distrust in them as a leader, which will slowly start to show up in other areas that are even more impactful than scuff marks or broken handles. If a manager can't seem to get a broken faucet fixed, how effective will they be at dealing with much more complex issues? These are the questions a team will start to ask themselves, talk about amongst themselves, and it can lead to withholding of information, going around the manager to either a superior or a different manager that further kick further complicates issues, and so on and so on. All of this can ultimately be disastrous to a clinic. And even if it's not a disaster, just figuring out why a clinic is struggling can take weeks and weeks of leader time. So it's better to just prevent these problems in the first place, obviously. What's not so obvious, or we would all be doing it, is that a lot of this prevention work is hidden in small missed opportunities like doing spring cleaning and doing it well. I hope this little bonus segment will be helpful to you, to your leaders, and your teams. You've been listening to UCA's Urgent Care Leadership Podcast. Let's keep raising the bar on each other, and I'll see you next time.